Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message. And uh, this is your very own. If you guys would just give a good God bless you to Elder Antonio Yelverton today. Amen. Good morning, family. Great morning. Appreciate that. I appreciate uh, Apostle uh, giving me another opportunity. Uh, it's definitely a blessing, and he's given me uh, a chance to stretch and do things spiritually that I never thought I'd be doing. So, Amen. appreciate that, and I, I definitely appreciate uh, you guys as I love and support as I walk in these new shoes that that God has given me. So, uh, I definitely thank you guys for that as well. Uh, Let's go ahead and get in it then. Uh, turn with me to uh, the book of 2 Timothy, uh, chapter 1. 2 Timothy, chapter 1. It's after 1 Timothy. But, <laughs> uh, but, but before Titus. So. <laughs> Just to help you out. <laughs> So the word of God says, I am writing to Timothy, my dear son. May God, the Father of, of Jesus Christ, our Lord, give you grace, mercy, and peace. Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as many ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted, and I will be filled with joy when we are together again. I remember your genuine faith, for you shared the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. Amen. I want to preach uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit uh, on the subject matter from generation to generation. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you on this morning. Father, it is by your grace and your mercy, God, that we're here, Lord God. For it is for you and about you and because of you, God, that we are here. Father, I just pray, O Lord God, that I decrease, God, and that you increase in me, O Lord. Father, I want to speak what you speak, Lord. I want to glorify your name, O Lord. That is my heart's desire. Father, we just all give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So growing up, I hated going to the doctor. Right, I couldn't stand it. One one reason because unfortunately, uh, well, they would make you fill out those little questionnaires, cards about what runs in your family and that type of thing. And my both my parents actually had high blood pressure, and so I would hate that because I was young and rebellious, like most people, about seventeen, eighteen. And the doctors would look at this chart, and before even examining examining me, would say, "Well, you know, you need to be careful because you're going to have high blood pressure." And at that time, I couldn't understand it because the, I, I just I, I got mad. I said I didn't eat the same things that they did. I didn't do the same things. But yet and still, the doctor was telling me this diagnosis. And lo and behold, about 24, I actually <laughs> got high blood pressure, was put on high blood medicine and everything. Uh, shortly after that, I, I did change my, my diet and got some things in order and, and was taken off. But... Uh, with, with those type of things that run in our family, I had to question and wonder, could God's blessings flow through our family in the same manner? Oh, you know, it's so easy to, to look back and, and see those things in, in the natural that flow in our family, 
But I, I wanted to know, could God's blessings flow? And we see it in the natural. We see ball players, and they have children grow up. Their kids make it to the big leagues. We see actors. Their kids grow up and go uh, on into entertainment. So I, I wanted to see if, if, if God's blessings could flow through our families. And, and this message is not just for uh, biological children, because if you remember Elijah and Elisha, uh, the blessings flowed from them. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about, about that later. Uh, but I had to wonder that, because I, I know certain situations <laughs> I, that I saw in my life, I know that God's favor was on me. I know that his blessing was on me. So I wonder, would, would my kids walk in that? I, yeah. I, I wanted them to. You know, uh, Psalm 74 74, I'm sorry, 78 and 4 says, we will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about how his power and his mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children. So the next generation might know them, even the children not born yet. And they, in turn, would teach their own children. So God desires for us uh, to have his blessing, for, for, for us to, to walk in the knowledge of him and to teach our kids and even prepare ourselves to be in a posture to set up the, the children after us that's yeah. not even here yet. Yeah. So what we're doing now plays an effect generations later. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we can forget. We can get caught up in, in, in our problems and situations now, and we forget what, what's go- happening now can be beneficial to our generations later. Yeah, yeah. But before we, we look at later, I want to take a look back at where we've been. So I, I, I want to talk about our, our father, uh, Abraham. Uh-huh. We had to go back and, and, and look at him. And this, this family is funny to me. I'm going to show my age a little bit. But when I, when I read uh, the stories of Abraham's family, I think about the old shows like Dynasty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think about yeah. Knott's Landing. You know, uh, uh, who, who shot Jr. Come on now, come on now, Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> so I think about those shows because just like Abraham's family, they were rich, they were powerful. You couldn't mess with them, but they just had a lot of stuff going on, right? And I found in Abraham's family 16 what I call lies or acts of deceit, and I actually stopped counting. It could be more, but I, I stopped at 16 that followed this family. You guys remember Abraham, he lied and, and said that his wife Sarah was his sister. Yeah, he actually did that twice, right? Uh, his, his son uh, Isaac did the same thing. He did the same thing. His son Jacob, you know, his name means trickster. You know, you know he, took, he saw his birthright. He did all kind of stuff, right? And this, this next one is one of my personal favorites, I'll be honest with you. I actually named my daughter because of this. <laughs> Jacob had a daughter named Dinah, right? Unfortunately, she went out. Uh, she was raped. It, it should have never happened. She was raped by uh, a prince by the name of Shechem. He was a Hevite. He did this treacherous act and comes back and says that he wants to marry his daughter, right? And Jacob's brothers, I mean, Jacob's sons, uh, Dinah's brother said, you know what? In order to marry her, you need to become like us. You need to become circumcised. And so they agreed to it. They circumcised the whole nation. And while they were so weak to fight, her brothers, Levi and Simeon, killed all of them. 
They killed the women, they killed the kids. And see, that was the reason why I, I named my daughter Dinah. The name Dinah stands for justice, you know? And it's, it's, it's unfortunately, you see so many of that happen today. So many men raise their daughters and teach them in, in the ways of the Lord. And all of a sudden, here comes some uncircumcised Hevite. That wants to come in and step in and take what's yours. And men of God, I'll be, be honest with you. And it, it woo. <laughs> I had it. You had to pray for your elder because uh, <laughs> that bothers me. You see so much of it all the time. You see guys, they take the, the girls to work and leave in their car. And you know it's their car because they got the female sorority stuff on there. <laughs> like, brother, that ain't even your car. You, you got an uncircumcised Hivite that's done crept in the camp. So, that's what happens. That's what happens. That's what happens. And that's my desire. My desire is to live up holy, to set an example for my daughter that she can smell a joker a mile away. I don't put up with that mess, that foolishness. Mm -hmm. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob had a, 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 another son named Judah. Judah lied to the cover-up because he didn't want to give his other son away when God killed his first son, Er. Odin was the, uh, the fifth son that had to replace him, right? And you remember, if, he, if you remember the story, he pulled out when he was supposed to give her a son. So there you got five generations of lies and deceit right there together. And the, the point of, of what I'm saying is our families don't have to be perfect to receive God's blessing. You know, all of us do. We have things that, that go back for years and years. But God can reach through all of that and put his hand upon you for generations to come. His blessings, his favor, his anointing can cut through all of that. Turn me to uh, the book of 2 Kings uh, chapter 2. Second Kings chapter 2. And so when I was studying and looking up uh, this relationship with Elijah and Elisha, and I was trying to understand what was it that, that created this blessing. What was it about Elisha? Uh, did he work for it? Was he just chosen uh, from birth? Or, and and. I was looking so hard. I was wanting some deep revelation and, and to find out what happened. And uh, God said he asked for it. And I said, what? So I, if you look down here at verse 9, it says, When they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what can I do for you before I am taken away? And Elisha replied, Please let me inherit a double portion, a double share of your spirit, and become your successor. So he asked for it. He asked for, for God's blessing to be passed down upon him. And see, God knew his, his motive. He knew his heart. Because if you read on, a lot of his miracles, uh, his miracles were in, to help other people in need. His miracles were to, to benefit others. Much like when Solomon, uh, the wisest man, he asked for that wisdom. right? And God said, because you asked for wisdom to govern your people, but to govern my people, I'm going to grant it to you, right? So never be afraid to ask God for a blessing, right? 
you can go to him, especially if, if your heart is right. I'll tell you the true story with me uh, and my family. There was uh, one thing that, that runs through our family, and uh, I can talk about it now because I'm being delivered. But <laughs> it's, it's not a cool uh, weight. You know, son, and this is me, when, when I first got saved, and people would struggle with things, and people would pray for them and lay hands on them. And, but this one right here, I was embarrassed to talk about. This one, I was not a giver. I'm going to tell you, and my wife would tell you, when I say not a giver, I'm talking about it didn't matter. Money, time, breath mints. I have not given people. I don't care. I don't care how bad your breath smell. I was not a giver. And my friends, i tell you, my friends knew. And what's funny, when I first uh, introduced them to Chastity, and we were engaged at the time, and they said, well, you're going to marry him? He doesn't give anything. What are you going to do? And, and what's funny is she never saw that. You know, love covers a multitude of sin. I'm going to tell you. She, she never saw that side. And she said, what, what are you talking about? We, we just left out back. What, what do you mean? And they said, oh, no, I know she's the one. I know she is the one, right? <laughs> but see, God used that because my wife is such a giver. Man, she gives and goes with. I, I've seen her give to her enemies. And I'm going to be honest, when we first got married, y'all know we went rounds with that. <laughs> you don't want to give nobody nothing. You want to give them everything. <laughs> but it took me to go to God and say, you know what, God? I don't want this anymore. Amen. Creating me a heart of a giver. Lord, tell me who to give and what to give to. Amen. And there are times when, even sometimes complete strangers, I know especially in coworkers, people I know, God will speak to me, and it could be random things. Give this person such and such. Do this for this person. And they're coming, oh, I needed that. And I say, well, praise God. And I just thank God because I asked for it. I wanted it. So I'm a testament that you can ask for God's blessing, yeah. and he'll give it to you, especially if your motives are right. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen? Amen. So there are three things that I want to uh, talk about, three things that will uh, help you bestow that, bestow that blessing upon your family throughout the generations. And according to God's word and what I've seen, that I, I truly believe that he will honor what he says. And your family will be blessed for generations to come. The first one is selfless. The first point is selfless. If you look back at verse 10, it says that you have asked a difficult thing, Elijah replied. If you see me, when I am taken from you, then you will get your re request. But if not, then you won't. As they were walking along and talking suddenly, a chariot of fire appeared, drawn by horses of fire. It drove between the two men, separating them, and Elijah was carried by a whirlwind into heaven. Elijah saw it and cried out, My father, my father, I see the chariots and charioteers of Israel. And as they had disappeared from sight, Elijah tore his clothes in distress. Elijah picked up Elijah's cloak, which had fallen when he was taken up. Then Elisha returned to the bank of the Jordan River. He struck the water with Elijah's cloak and cried out, Where is the Lord, 
the God of Elijah. Then the river divided, and Elisha went across. So Elijah's cloak fell from the sky, and Elisha picked it up. Uh, the, the cloak was, uh, it could be used for different things. It could be used uh, to, for shelter from the rain. Uh, you could sit on it. Uh, you can tear it in, in, in grief, as I, as I read. And it was the most important article of clothing that anyone could have back then. So I had to ask, to pass the blessing, what's the most important thing that you could give to the next generation? And that thing would be you. For you to give your experiences, for you to give your time, for you to, to teach someone from your mistakes and let someone eat off your life. Even with the youth today that I work with, when I approach them and I tell them, you know, when I was your age, this is where I messed up at. This is what I did wrong. And they're more acceptable to listen and engage a conversation with you than if you were to come back, come with pointing the finger being demeaning, being condescending, and as opposed to approaching them, listen, won't you learn something from me? Yeah. This is where I, I, I messed up. I waited until five years after I was out of college to really get serious about a career. You know, don't wait. The time is now. And, and some of them wheels will get to turn, and they'll get to thinking about what I'm saying. So that's the, the most important thing that, that you could give to this next generation. It's the most important thing, right? Uh, the, next, the next thing, number two, the first one was, was selfless. The second one is to speak over this generation. Turn over to uh, 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 1, 1 Kings chapter 1. Uh, verse 32. To give you the background of this, uh, King David, uh, he's approaching death. He's, a, he's approaching uh, the time that he's about to pass. And uh, his son, Adonijah, uh, says to himself, I will be king. He makes this decree verbally, says that I will be king. He gets 50 men to run out in front of him. Right. He even gets some of David's, uh, some of David's cabinet, people that were working with him. He sacrifices sheep and cattle, and he calls all his brothers together except Solomon. And they begin this celebration. They begin, they begin to the process of wanting to announce uh, to the, to Israel that he's going to be king. And the prophet Nathan tells Bathsheba, hey, listen, we need to do something about it. Go and tell David what's happening, what he's doing, and then I'm going to come in and confirm what you're telling him. And we see in verse 32, it says, Then King David ordered, call Zodok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah son of Jehoda, Jehoda when they came into the, the king's presence. The king said to them, Take Solomon and my officials down to Jehan Spring. Solomon is to ride my mule, again, giving them something that's personal to him, leaving something uh, for, for him as a, as a footprint in the sand. There Zodok the priest and Nathan the prophet are to anoint him king over Israel. Blow the ram's horn and shout, long live King David. 
I was long live King Solomon. Then escort him back here, and he will sit on my throne. He will succeed me as king, for I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and Judah. Then what's interesting is, is that even though Adonijah is planning all this stuff, planning this celebration, they didn't go to war. They didn't have to fight. There was no bloodshed. All David did was speak over him and said that you're going to be king. Take my mule and go. This next generation just needs people to speak over them. I know sometimes, uh, and we may do it in the Christian community, and it may become routine, but I want you to think for a second for all the, the, the next generation, all the kids that don't get spoken over, all the people that don't get told that you're beautiful, that you are a princess, that you are special. There are scores of people in prison that wish somebody would have told them something. And I want to encourage you today that even if you're speaking over your child or speaking over that loved one and it doesn't look like it's lined up, continue to speak over it yeah. until it does. Amen. Continue to profess the word of God over them. Amen. It's amazing what a word can do. Yeah. A word can tear down. A word can build up. Yeah. A word can, can put you down or a word can encourage you. Our words make so much impact. It makes such a difference in our lives. Sometimes you, you don't realize it, but it, it does. You can speak to someone, and they'll even, I've seen it happen, and they'll even begin to shape and walk after what you're telling them to, they're going to be. I see it so, so often where parents uh, put kids down, demean them, and before you know it, their head is down, they're acting up, and then you're trying to wonder out what's wrong. You're trying to figure out what's happening when you didn't, you just told him that he was a, a goof up. Yeah. You just told him that he would never he can never do anything right. Right, right. Amen. So the first one was selfless, being selfless. The second one was speaking over this next generation. The next, the third one and the last one. It's salvation. Salvation. Turn the page over to uh, chapter 2. I'm right at home. <laughs> First Kings chapter 2. And the word of God says, as the time of King David's death approached, he gave this charge to his son Solomon. I'm going where everyone on earth must someday go. Take courage and be a man. Observe the requirements of the Lord your God and follow all his ways. Keep the decrees, commands, regulations, and laws written in the law of Moses so that you will be successful in all you do and wherever you go. If you do this, then the Lord will keep the promise he made me. Hold tight. Oh, he told me, I'm sorry. If your descendants live as they should and follow me faithfully with all their heart and soul, one of them will always sit on the throne of Israel. There's no question for salvation, it's all up to them. 
the first two of us, the last one is up to the last generation, that they have to make that decision to follow Christ. They have to choose between blessings and curses. They have to realize what's important, where, where they want to rest their eternal salvation. And so David's telling them, as long as you stay faithful to him, that they will always have a seat on the throne of Israel. It's something that's, that sometimes is, is lost. It's lost in, in TV. It's lost in uh, video games. But nothing can replace teaching our children the word of God. Nothing can, nothing can take the place of that. Nothing can substitute that. So it's important to always, always show them the word of God. You can take every, any opportunity. If they're disobedient, you can, you can read them that obedience is better than sacrifice. Go to the word of God on them. Take that extra time and read that verse to them. So to wrap up, I just want to tell you, that no matter what's happened, no matter what's, what's been in the family, no matter the things that you've seen, no matter what side of the tracks that you were born on, that God's blessings can be established in your family. Right? Sometimes it's easy to look back and, and you can see the, the, the doom and, and the gloom and, and the things that, that have happened. And I just, I, I wanted uh, also just tell you that you can start with something good. Look at the good thing that goes through your family. For me, I know my, my dad was, uh, he was, he was older when I was born, but I knew uh, he was always good with math. He could keep numbers in his head and add numbers better than people that was half his age. And when I, and it took me to actually start teaching to, to realize that, but I know it was something in me that, that God was using to establish that blessing because I have more peace in a classroom of 30 middle school kids than I ever did sitting in somebody's cubicle. So I know that was a, a gift that God had used or is using and will continue to use in me. Something else I, I want to mention is that these three things, being selfish, selfless, speaking over, the generation of salvation is when I look at my heavenly father, when I look at him, I look towards him uh, for every example, everything. If there's a question, I look to him, what, what, what would Jesus do, as they say, <laughs> literally? <laughs> and when I, I look at his example, I can find all of these because he was selfless when he got on the cross yeah. and when he died for me. He spoke over us when he said we were fearfully and wonderfully made. He spoke over us when he said we were more than conquerors. He spoke over us when we said, he said we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And of course, once we get saved, we receive the blessings from him, which is eternal life. So with him, I just, I just give my life to. And I trust that as long as I follow him and I set that example, that I can live upright. 
that not only my children, but my, my children's children will be blessed. Because that's his desire for us. It doesn't just stop with us now. So I, I just hope that those three things that you would just carry in your heart and in your mind this week and just meditate on those things for this next generation. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number 3.org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.